0: Hello and welcome to The Wise Why. This morning I am joined with a great man and honestly just before we went live we were just working out actually how long we've actually known each other. So yeah that goes back a few years and we didn't realise until we were in the studio. So as usual The Wise Why is not about me, it's about my guests. So Chris, introduce yourself because your career is
1: incredible. (laughs) Wow. God, you've um, you've set me up there, Kirsty. I, I sometimes don't think it's exciting. I, might, I know my kids don't think it's been that exciting. Um, Chris Jones, um, I've been, I, I have to be thankful because I've probably worked all my life. I don't think there's been any occasion where I, where I haven't been working. But my background was very much um, IT and web development um, for for a number of years. Um, but for the last. 13 years I've worked for myself with a couple of companies um, that we started up, but um, my heart was always IT and it it sort of, I think I came at quite an interesting time because there was a transition between old and people may not know this, but there was an old, when before PCs, there was this old sort of terminal server um, scenario and you had all this old ICL equipment which was then taken over by PCs. PCs started to come in, switches, hubs, routers. These were all new things that were, were coming onto the market. And I was just at that that time for, for selling that equipment. So really loved everything about the internet, what it was about, what it could deliver. Um, and it was just an exciting time. And um, at that time, if you'd have said, you'll be working for yourself in a number of years, I'd have probably said, absolutely no way, because I loved what I did. I thought it'd probably last forever, um, but the technology changed. Um, I I think the last year of actually working was probably weirdly was probably the 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 lowest salary that I ever had. Um, you know, there was some there were some great days in IT, and you'll probably remember as well where you know it was. It was easy to make a lot of money, a real lot of money, and you—you know—it was new technology. You were—it was—and I, I use this phrase um, sparingly, but it was—it was almost like the one-eyed man was king in the land of the blind, because if you knew a bit about technology, you could go into a business and say, "Look, this is going to do. This is going to change your business. This is going to—you know—suddenly you've got PCs on everybody's desk, you've got hundred meg." um connections running to each desk you can do things much faster much quicker um you know you haven't got these massive icl systems and ibm mainframes and all this sort of thing tapes and floppy disks and all this sort of thing and suddenly you went to this new networking scenario and it was a really exciting time so that was that was quite an exciting time for me and and, and very enjoyable My last job that I worked at was with a a web development company and I always joked with my boss that I'd never worked for myself and it was just out of the blue really that I just had this crazy idea about um, using Google Analytics. At the time, Google Analytics was fairly new Um, and I used it as a tool. I used to look at our website and go, okay, Who's coming to the website? I don't want to be making 100 phone calls a day. Let me see who's coming to the website. Let me understand what they're showing interest in. And I would just phone people up. So if you came onto our website or your company, I would know that you probably, there's a probably interest in doing something web-wise or doing something, a solution that you were looking at. And then I would just follow that up accordingly. And it just seemed to work very well. And it worked for a number of of companies. Um, So just had this idea to, start this little company, little consultancy called Glue, Um, and it was really analyzing analytics, social media to help small businesses find out who was coming to them, who would be possible targets for them to sell to. Um, Maybe a couple of years in, and this was with an old partner, we looked at um, events, and we knew nothing about events, we wouldn't, we had no experience. And the naivety at the time was, we wanted to do the consultancy work in the week, and we wanted to do the um, events at the weekend. and We thought that would just work, you know, perfectly. Little did we know, and sort of 13 years later, the consultancy is probably sort of gone to about 5% of what we do, and the event is about 95% of what we do. So. Um, Yeah, the last, the last few years have been just very interesting. Working for yourself is challenging, rewarding. um, Every emotional you can, you can think of Um, because it's events and it's event staff, um, there's always something that's going to throw you. It's a learning day every day. Um, But I love what I do and, um, you know, touch wood, long may it last.
0: And I love the fact that you've just almost described my entire working life for the last 20 years in that that synopsis there, because... Like you, I found myself in the IT industry, and that's what we were just talking about. You know, there I was working for D-Link, and I think you were at Allied Telesis at the time. And so we've got that. I also worked for Intel, and I, I taught people, and I love this. You know, I remember the days before a PCI MCIA slot, and you, I launched the Pentium for mmm onto the market I do a mmm because it was the mmm for mobile and then of course we then went into the Centrino platform and all these wonderful things but prior well actually no as I was doing that I was also working in events and then after my life in in I went into tech a bit more and really really thrived in the tech industry and then I found myself like you an accidental business owner and I love I and I love it and that imposter syndrome that you just talked about is really real and people don't realize that we still have it even if you if you are thriving in business that insecurity is still there
1: yeah now- it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a massive thing i don't i don't, I don't know why we suffer it um but, you know, even today, I'll, there'll be some days I'll just go, what is going on? You know, people, I'll hear somebody, and I think it's probably because you, it's a lack of understanding of maybe of certain situations, because I'll hear people talking about something and I'll just go, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. And I, But I'm honest enough to say, listen, I don't know what you're talking about. I need to find out or go away and find out or whatever, because it's like there'll be a terminology that comes up and I'll think I don't know what that means should I know what that means you know and the worry then sets in and then nine times out of ten all it is is some newfangled term that replaces something that you've known for a number of years anyway and you've called it something else but um yeah it's interesting but as I say every day is a learning day so and and I'm I'm always keen to learn it's not a case of I hope one of my strengths is that over the years I've we've adapted and had to adapt and not afraid to, you know, take on new challenges or learn new things or understand new things or new ways of working because I one of my worries is as you get older and I sort of think I don't want to be the, the old guy that still wants to use a quill and a bit of ink to write something. You know, it's it's you want to keep up with the times, you want to make sure you're up with things. And as long as I think I've still got that passion and desire to do that, I think I'll always, you know, always be in business.
0: Oh, I, I love it. And, and actually, last week I, we were in Stratford and we took our daughter into a museum, an old museum, and she actually picked up the quill and the ink and drew a beautiful picture. I gave it to my brother because it was his birthday. Beautiful picture out of ink. And they were, it took forever to dry. but that's just given me a lovely <laughs> image of that quill and ink because, actually, you're right um the kids you know my daughter had never seen a quill and ink and she was absolutely fascinated by it so something i want to talk about just quickly is the events industry that you're now in you're really firmly with your feet planted and how people don't see what you do it just happens
1: yeah it's a, it's an interesting one i mean we, we we've we got as i say we we're, we're a staff agency so we supply staff for events in and around oxfordshire and um one of, our, one of our biggest challenges is that people don't know who we are. So, and, and I, I'm going to be very Oxford-centric here, so apologies, but if you look at the Westgate, if you look at Sheldonian Theatre, if you look at Blenheim Palace, if you look at Stoner Park, if you look at, um, um, oh, God, I can't think of some of the places, any, any sort of university place, we have staff working there. Jack FM, for example, as well. If we have people working for these organisations, but you wouldn't know it's it's boys and girls people that are working because we're either in black or whites, or we're in we're in branded uniforms for those organisations. Um, and I've always just had it as a real challenge, and I sort of I've had sleepless nights about it, and sort of wondered how we could how we could affect that. But it's it really is just a case of Um, keep keep, us keep doing good work and where we can push the message in social media, um, which is such a, you know, strong thing to do now. But um, yeah, the early stages, it was interesting just knowing that we do something we did. We've done some really interesting stuff over the years. But nobody would nobody would know it was us doing it. And um, I mean, I'll give you example last year. Hillary Clinton came over for um, her graduation and a couple of other things, and we looked after her on a, a dinner one evening, and the next evening we looked after her at the Sheldonian for a graduation survey. But nobody would ever associate that those two things with us because they were part of the university. But you know, it was our guys stewarding, it was our guys at the dinner, sort of thing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's it's just fascinating the stuff that we do. Um, but again, and I, and I, sometimes I go to meetings and I say to people, oh, we've done this, this, and this, and I'm sure they look at me and go, no, nah, that hasn't happened. And we're like, yeah, we, <laughs> and sometimes we are able to take pictures of stuff. Other times we're not, and we, we just have to run with it. But, um, the events industry is just such a great, diverse industry. So many different things. You know, the thing that I love is that phone, that phone can ring. And you just don't know what it's going to be. It could be absolutely anything. It could be, you know, the opening of a restaurant to a, um, uh, uh, an orchestra playing at the Sheldonian Theatre to a car show somewhere to a promotion of a new shop to a, um, uh, uh, running a, a bar somewhere. There's so many different things that that it, it it does. And that's that's one of the great loves and passions that I have that, you know, we could do we could be doing so many different things. And I think it's interesting for our staff as well, because it's not, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to be coming to the same thing, doing the same thing every day. It's great that we can we've got a real range of different clients and we're doing so many different things, you know, day in, day out, sort of thing, really.
0: I I loved my time. I really did. You know, I used to run huge events at um, places like the NEC with teams of girls. And sometimes I'd have a team of 20, sometimes a team of 40, um, sometimes just a team of two. And it was really good fun. And you had little slogans that you had to do. You had to stick within the brand guidelines. And the, the events industry actually underpins an awful lot of what I do with my clients today when I talk about branding and I talk about, you know, being true to your brand, your brand voice. Um, a lot of that I learned in the events industry because it overarches everything because you were a brand ambassador. You are representing a brand and if you did it incorrectly, I mean I can remember this is the days where people used to smoke so you know you'd have to say to your staff, yes you can smoke but you've got to cover your branding, you've got to go around the corner, you've got to be as far away from the stand as humanly possible. People are not allowed to eat or drink in branding. So we would have to put a coat on and people don't realize that actually eating and drinking, you're just having your lunch break, not in branding, you're not. And it was just, I mean, some of the times when you've got a team of that, you would then get back to my hotel. And I, (laughs) this made people laugh. I was washing uniforms in the bath and laying it out okay because the uniform had to be clean the next day especially if you were doing a drinks promotion and the the fizzy drink had gone all over the uniform so you'd be there washing it out and i wasn't the only uh, event manager doing it at the time because you know i was on a skincare promotion and the e at the event manager at that point i was the assistant and we were scrubbing in the bar the uniforms uh, bringing them out in towels and hanging them up
1: <laughs> good, stuff, good stuff
0: good stuff so um yeah, we're going to touch that big, the big COVID nineteen. It must have hit you quite hard.
1: Yeah, painful, absolutely painful. I mean, you in business, you you face challenges every day. There's always something that's that gets in your way. You you you're looking for that smooth growth, sort of up and you know, hopefully the upward curve year in year out. But you know, there's always sort of troughs and dips, etc. But COVID the problem with COVID, it was just something that we didn't understand. We'd never heard it. We'd never understood what it's about. You know, a recession you knew about and you knew what it involved, and you knew you know you had to tighten belts, etc. etc. And there was a plan how you would get through it. But with COVID, I remember um obviously we we you you couldn't come into the office, you were sort of at home for a while. And I remember being at home, watching the BBC news, as everybody was, and you were literally watching every interview, every bit of thing to get a gleam, a bit of information. And I think the general bub was going to be, okay, a couple of months, it'll be all over, and we'll all be back to work. So you were just waiting for that, that scenario. And I remember listening to, and it was a lady, I think she was a politician, and she said, and this was probably about two weeks in, and she said, oh i hope you'll realize this is going to be nine months or more and i just absolutely and i'm unashamed to say it i absolutely just broke down at that point mm-hmm. i just started to cry because i was thinking our businesses are all based on interaction face-to-face interaction so it was just it was a moment of absolute devastation of You know we've got three or four businesses that rely on interaction people being together events etc etc um and yeah it was just a moment and um i went away sort of gathered my thoughts and we really had to think about what what we were going to do what you know if it was nine months what was going to happen and and not, not only from a I suppose not only from a commercial perspective, but also from a retention of staff perspective as well, because we have anything from 100 hundred to 150, 160 staff on at any one time doing bits and pieces. And suddenly, you know, there was a week where we just had phone call after phone call, was just cancelling every event that we had planned, because usually we have a forward plan, 2 3 months or maybe 6 months things bigger events coming up in the summer or whatever and everything just canceled so there was a moment where it was just there's nothing happening this lady's now saying this thing could last for at least 9 months and we were thinking this is the end this is you know the business is going is going to finish um and i think one of the things that that comes out of it and i think it's where business people, and I suppose other people, I don't want to just say it's business people, but where I think you get strength from is you suddenly have to go right. I'm either going to have to pivot, or I'm going to have to do, or to ride this out, but make sure I'm ready to to start again as soon as as soon as it, it, it's able. Um, the pivot option for for at that time was everybody was saying, look, we're going to go hybrid, and. I sort of thought to myself, well, hybrid's great, but it doesn't help us because everybody being virtual, everybody doing Zooms, everybody doing what like what we're doing now, these streams, that's great and there's we're still communicating, but it's not helping my business in the fact that I've got 150 people who still want to get out and work and do events. So we really had to think about, okay, we need to be ready, and one of the things, and I had a great conversation with one of my friends, um, a lady called Amy, and we we just sort of talked to her. Okay, what do we need to do? What do we what do we need to be ready with for when events do come back because they will come back at some point, point. Um, and what will we need to be uh, prepared for? Because things like you know. Social distancing and PPE masks and all the, these were all foreign things, and we didn't understand it. So it was, it was we we actually set up a an events group, uh, and we contacted venues, um, DMOs, um, event organisers, um, caterers, all sorts of people, and said, look, we want to have a, a unified voice for Oxford and Oxfordshire. When we all come out of this thing, and um, we set up this group on LinkedIn, and weirdly, obviously, it was it was online, but every week we just got together and go right, what's the challenges? What's the latest? What's the latest um, instruction from the government? And it was such a good melting point of getting information and making sure that we were up to speed. We knew what was going to be happening. Right. Okay. You can have 30 people outside. You can have this amount of people if it's going to be an outside function. You can do six people if it's indoor. All these things were changing on a regular basis, and so when it did get to a point of, you know, you could actually start doing things again. And yeah, we still we still did some hybrid stuff. I mean, we had a we had. I think we actually did the first. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I think we actually did the first hybrid event down at the King Centre in the country, where yeah. six of us got together. Um, the guys from James Walton and his guys from um, that te- that event company set up this streaming uh, situation, and we did the first hybrid event um, in the UK, and it was just fantastic. We actually got into conference news. I think it was it was put into conference news, but um we did get away from it and we did get back to that you know we could do something now and i remember we did um we did the um, the vice chancellor's speech at, Sh- at the Sheldonian theater and we'd done this thing for a number of years and basically it would you'd get you could almost get like 300 400 professors who would be going into the Sheldonian to listen to the speech from the vice principal of what's going to happen for the next for the next year but this event was completely toned down. She was in an encapsulated, plastic sort of booth. We had to make sure that all the professors were spaced out across the theatre. There was only probably about 150, um, but it got us back to events and what and what you can actually do. But obviously masks and, as I say, social distancing and all this sort of thing. But. It was, yeah, it was, it was a challenge. It was a real interesting challenge. And, um, you know, I, you hope we don't have to ever do anything like that again. But Mm -hmm. I think as business owners, you've always got to have a contingency plan. You've always got to, and it's not, it's not um, paranoia, but I think you've always got to think what would happen tomorrow? What would, what would, what could happen tomorrow? What's happening? You know, I I get, get things like Barron's daily as a, uh, an email notification, and it's just telling me what's going on in, in sort of business and 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 what the expectations are. Because it's, you know, is the recession going to hit? Are we going to do, you know, is something else coming down the pipeline? Do we look need to look at new technology? Do we need to look at, you know, you know this, I suppose, things like this sort of central bank digital system that's supposedly coming along. Do we need to understand that? Mm-hmm. Do we need to understand? um crypto do we need to understand all those sort of elements blockchain and all those sort of things what's what could be the impact so I think you've always got to be asking yourself question what next what next but um yeah that was that I think that's probably been the most challenging time we've had as a a business and um I I think we did okay just getting through it I mean it, it was emotional it was stressful um not working for nearly six, seven months um is gonna cause a strain for anybody. Um luckily we had a few pennies in the bank and um um the the, the rates rebate thing sort of helped to get to to get us through but uh, um yeah challenging challenging times.
0: And of course that's when I met you. You know yes. met you again. Yep. So um yeah because I just launched the business, which I think was, and you reached out and you were doing Clubhouse at the time. And yeah. you invited me almost as the startup. And interesting enough, I felt I was sitting on that call. My office at that point was a slightly different setup. And I felt like a complete imposter. <laughs> and I honestly, I was like, why am I on this call? And I came off. And, <laughs> um, and I said to my husband, I've just been on a Clubhouse call. And he went. Clubhouse, went, yeah, let's not. Th- th- don't worry about that. But I was talking <laughs> to people who are really big in Oxfordshire. And I was on the call, and he went, "How do you feel?" I went, "Like a fraud," but it was really good. You and were brilliant. Went, no, you were brilliant. <laughs>
1: he was. He was and I, and I, but that's the thing. I, th- I just think. I think we all worry about things that probably aren't. There's nothing to worry about. People. I think we're we're using our insecurities to. To prevent us moving forward and prevent us doing what we do it does i i don't think if you're business day one or day 30 you can still not know everything you can still got things to learn you know as long as you're trying to give a good service or deliver a good product that's all that matters and if you're in business i don't think you know how you do it why you do it some of those things i just think don't worry about it. I, I say to sort of young, my youngsters, you know, just do the best that you can. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. You're on your journey. Your journey is your journey. Nobody else can impact it. They might try and trip you up or whatever, but you're on your journey. Things will go well. Things will go bad, but it's your journey. And, and people judging it is is. It's a I think it's it's a waste of time and b it doesn't have any relevance it's 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 um yeah no it's i that's one thing I would say to a lot of youngsters about don't worry if, you know that old school and I remember it you know you'd be in the schoolyard and people you'd do something wrong and people would take the mickey out of you and maybe call you a name and you know you'd be paranoid about it for months weeks years whatever and it might it might have effect on you for ages but the reality is India nobody really cares and nobody would even bother and remember it in in months to go or day you know weeks later but i think it sits in your head more than it actually needs to
0: really good advice so i want to touch on who has inspired and supported you
1: wow good question um uh, inspired uh i met i well i met i i I listened to a talk by a very interesting guy. I don't even know. It's a guy called Stuart Miller, and he was one of the original founders of Buy Box. It's a business in. Um, it's one of the. It's similar like to these Amazon boxes that uh, they did a similar thing, but um, just under a different guise. And Stuart Miller was just one of the most engaging people I'd ever met. He he came to do a talk at. Um, What was then the Clarendon Business Center? And he was just talking about business in general. And I went along, didn't have any sort of preconceived ideas, but just wanted to listen to what he had to say. You know, I always keen to sort of, as I say, learn and understand people. And he told this really great story about how his business was like a a pirate ship and he was a captain and um, it was just, you know, sailing around the world, just pillaging and going crazy and um, or whatever but the analogy was almost like you know sometimes your business is sort of all here there and everywhere but it's just a matter of trying to make it as smooth as possible um, and I was so I was so taken by this by this conversation uh, this speech that we had a conversation afterwards and he mentored me on you know quite a few occasions and, and gave me some great bits of advice And one of the the, the bits of advice and I and, and it's still apparent today he said I, I think we were talking about marketing and he said look you have to think more about things he said if you had a million pounds you could sm- you could spend a million pounds really quickly on marketing and advertising and you, you could do a television ad you could do all these things and you you might not get the responses you want. But if you really have to think about if you only have a hundred pounds and you have to think about it and really think, how am, the, am I gonna get the best out of this hundred pounds? Target audience, who is it gonna who are you gonna appeal to? What's the message you're gonna get out? And you have to really, really, really think you'll get far more out of it. And I've used that up to this day. It's you know yeah, we could spend a lot of money on a lot of things, but it's always been right, how do I squeeze the most out of what we've got, and not just a case of let's just spend money doing stuff. So Stuart was a a massive influence and and gave me some great advice. And there was another guy called Dave Beasley, who ran um, beeline um, graphics, and then went on to Oxford Office Equipment, who I've just known for years. And he's just one of the most resilient people you'll ever meet he's he's you know old school salesman just always looking for opportunity always um just always on every day uh and that that's something that again i've tried to take into thing and you know i think over the years, you just try and take little pieces from different people and just go, Ah, oh, what do you do well? Right. Okay. We'll try and, in, What do you do well? You know, again, you're still on your journey, but what can you take? What little bits of experience can you take from, you know, there's a guy called Stuart Crook, who's one of the partners at Wellers. And, you know, I just admire what he does and how he runs, you know, helps run that business. And you sort of, just go right. I could I could take a bit of that and use that in our business, or I could take a little bit of this and use that. But, but um, <coughs> excuse me. As I say, it's just a learning. It's it's a learning. curve. I don't think, you know, we would. I will never be in a position where I say I know everything and that's it. Now, um, you know, I'm gonna. You know, just I think everything's gonna work perfectly because I just know being. Working for ourselves now for you know I say thirteen years, something will happen today. Something will happen tomorrow, and it will be something new completely that hasn't happened before. And it's like, right, how do we get out of this? How do we resolve this situation? So again, what, what, who could I phone? Who could I speak to? Who's going to be able to give me some bits of information? Who's going to be able to? And you know, it's that that old thing. And one thing that I always used to do. <laughs> people used to think, I'm sure people used to think I'm an idiot, but I would be in a networking situation or a a group or whatever, and somebody would say something, and I would just ask the question. I wasn't embarrassed to, you know, I know some people go, "Oh, I'm not going to ask that question because I don't want to embarrass myself and I don't want to look silly in front of other people, but I would say, what is that? What does that mean? Because I'd want to know the answer, and I'd want to grow and I'd want to understand. And I'm sure people would. some people would go, oh, you probably should know that. And other people would go, God, thank goodness you asked that because I wanted to know that. And I didn't understand it either. Because I get people later on coming up to me and said, yeah, good thing you asked that because I didn't have a clue either. But I just wasn't afraid of that. And even today, I'll still do the same thing. It, it could be awkward it could be you know embarrassing it could be you know something very basic but I'll still ask the question because I just want to learn I want to understand I want to improve my business um and so I'm not afraid to ask the question so yeah those I, mean, I think those are the people generally that have inspired but I'm inspired every day with with people just you know just with their journeys and the other thing I think is keen to remember is you've got to remember everybody's on their own journey. But everybody's also is having problems as well. I think we assume everybody else is all right. And it's only you having a problem that day. But the amount of people who've got, you know, commercial issues, family issues, health issues, uh, you know, whatever, that they probably won't be telling you about, but they're just trying to go on with their normal working day, trying to deliver what they deliver. And you've got you've got a you've got to i think you've got to have empathy for them and b you've got to you've got to remember they might say something to you today but it's a different answer tomorrow because they'll be in a different mindset or they'll be a different headspace because of what they're going through and you know i think we touched on it just before we started it's you know with staff i used to be very sort of come on we've got to do this da, 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 da. but now it's like okay let's understand what you know why did you Want to turn up late today, or why did, why didn't you fancy working that shift, or why did you make that phone call? And it's almost like let's understand a bit more of the problem so we can help you get through it, rather than, you know, just going, oh, you've let us down, and oh, you've let the client down, etc., etc. And I think, and I think that that probably comes with age as well. But um, it's it's um, yeah, I, I think you you've just got to be open and learn every day. That's the key for me.
0: I think age has got is it's wonderful. I'm gonna put it out there. I love my age. I love your resilience by the way, and I love the child the childish wonder that you have and I think that's really really I find something that we both have. I ask the question as well because I want to know and i'm on I'm obviously inspired by my daughter every single day and she if she doesn't know she says why is that so you know hence the why's why why uh, to explain more, but I love um I just love your resilience so. Yeah, an age. Wow. <laughs> I love the fact that I am my age, that I am of an age, that I am, you know, menopausal. I am old, as I said the other day, an old crone. But the wisdom that that gives me is incredible because it does allow me to go, you know what? I'm not going to get stressed about that. Yeah. I am going to get stressed about that, but I'm not going to, I can choose because the emotions are a little bit, I don't know. More in control, or maybe
1: yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely. And it's, 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 I, I think it brings a calmness as well. You know, I, 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 I now think my life is calmer because I don't, I don't want to get that stressed about things. No, you know, there was an old adage of, you know, we used to say in the IT business uh, when it was sales guys, it was like, you didn't get a deal. And it was like, hold on a minute, I'm not saving lives here, we're just selling IT stuff. We're not, you know, if you're a doctor or a surgeon and you've got that person on the bed and you've got to operate, that's saving lives. That's stress. Not, not selling a, you know, PC <laughs> card or a 3COM <laughs> hub or a HP switch or something, you know. Hello. It's like, Hello. no, that, that isn't, that isn't stressful at all. So, you know, with age i think the calmness comes which is brilliant as well
0: so we've had haley join us which is just beautiful um and she's i, I love haley she's just brilliant um she said she's really excited to hear all about you um so and she's finally here for the full one which is even better and she said asking my first scary ask was in the sales training session 20 years ago the trainer said sales are six Click call now. Good luck for that one because I'm dyslexic and I didn't know that word, so asked. I definitely saw some uh, relieved eyes around the table. That was the day I realized simple explanations have their place, and yeah. absolutely, yeah. and I love simplifying jargon, I really do. Um, this is where you the tables turn, you get to ask me a question that I've got no idea what it's going to be. So, fire away. I, I, I kind of love this and also dread it. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, um, I was going to ask. What, what's been your happiest time in life?
0: That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to say that it has been since I met Dennis. And yes, we have had our ups and we've had our downs. We've had some massive heartaches along the way. But Dennis is absolutely the moment that my life turned around, the moment that I found roots. It's the reason I rooted in Oxfordshire because I was very transient before that. Um, I didn't know how to build roots, and this man came along um, who was a lot younger than me. I hasten to add, he's uh, seven and a half years younger, and I, I ran away and didn't want to go out with him because I was an old bag, and why would he want to be with me? And he chased, and he he was there six weeks later because I used to have a rule that said nobody's going to get under my skin. I I was divorced at this point so um I was that kind of not bitter but very defensive divorcee and somehow 14 maybe 15 years later um I look every single day and I have Dennis and so yeah um the last 14 years have been absolutely the best the happiest I'm so grateful and I'm going to continue to respect and love my husband and my daughter and my beautiful little life because um, it really is what makes me happy
1: the, the great thing about that all the way through while you were talking you were smiling <laughs> yeah. you, you know I, if everybody could be like that when they're doing something you know you speak to some people it's like well, oh, yeah but that answer you gave then every moment you were smiling so that was brilliant thank you
0: it's all right he he changed my life and and it really is that simple he changed my life i wouldn't be here doing this loving every friday morning hearing about other people's stories if it wasn't for him um i wouldn't actually have my beautiful amazing camera that i use because he bought it for me and it's that support that, that belief that he had when I was setting up and I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I'm never gonna succeed. I look now back and go, actually, I'm doing really well. But if he hadn't been the first person, he gave me the first two grand, the seed money to set up. And he went, off you go and play. He gave, he gifted me the time to build the brand. And there's more than that. I, mean, I can hear him in the, in the hallway because we've got a, a day off today and it's just, yeah. He's brilliant um I've got to say thank you so much for joining me this morning um we've gone to 39 minutes so I always trying to wrap it up around the the half an hour but this has been an absolute blast thank you for your time
1: no thank you thank you for inviting me. It, it, it's great to it's great to talk sometimes just to, <laughs> just to talk about life so but thank you so much and um I'm sure we'll we'll do other things and hopefully we both have um, and and the listeners as well. I hope we'll have, we'll all have a great 2023.
0: We are going to have a great 2023.
1: (laughs) Good stuff.